we think could have been prevented had that gun, you know, had mechanisms that wouldn't have allowed it to be used. It probably wouldn't even have been attractive as a theft item. It would not have been usable by the person who ended up with it, who was not an authorized gun user. That is Ken Price, whose daughter was shot on the Danforth uh, in that shooting, and she uh, can't walk down the street anymore, not confidently. Victims of Toronto's Danforth shooting have launched a class action lawsuit against the gun maker Smith & Wesson for not uh, adopting smart technology that they agreed that they would adopt when it came to their guns. I think this is the first time people have heard that smart guns actually exist, at least north of the border. Most of us are not familiar with guns. We don't have guns. We're not around guns. Uh, I know there are some gun owners here in Canada, but we've reached out to some folks uh, south of the border that know a lot about technology and uh, smart technology where guns are concerned. Apparently, it's been around for two decades. We're joined by Margot Hirsch, president of the Smart Tech Challenges Foundation, and they work with uh, companies to ensure that we've got some smart technology and uh, they help fund uh, people that are heading towards smart guns. Welcome to the show. It's good to have you on, Margot. Good morning. It's great to be here. Okay, first of all, for those of us that are not in the know, how do smart guns work and how has the technology evolved? So a smart gun or a personalized gun is a firearm that has a safety feature that would only allow it to be used when fired by an authorized user. So the technologies that we are currently seeing um, are RFID and fingerprint recognition. And, and, our, and RFID, for people who aren't quite aware of that technology, is like the chip, the technology that's used in your key fob when you start your car in the morning or open it. And then fingerprint recognition, obviously everyone's very familiar with that, just like on your iPhone. And so by preventing a gun by being used with um, one of those technologies, you could prevent things like youth suicides, accidental shootings, and gun theft. 60, so that's why the technology is important. 60% of Americans say they would buy a smart gun uh, when they purchase their next gun. Uh, some, although, see it as a threat. What's the major threat for gun owners? Well, I think the threat that, the perceived threat, is that um, if we develop these guns and they are mandated, then... Um, people will not be able to choose what type of firearm they'll be able to purchase. Um, but there, you know, I think it's important that this be a market-driven choice. And as you mentioned, 60% of gun owners say that they would consider buying one. And like anything, there's an adoption curve. And over time, you know, I think people would move towards purchasing a gun that would only authorize it to be used by the owner. So I, I don't buy that argument. Uh, most existing smart gun prototypes, uh, people argue, would not stop mass shootings in the U.S. because they most of the shooters that uh, usually uh, take part in mass shootings use their own guns. What do you say to that? Um, I would say that's pretty accurate. However, to me, if, it, if there's an instance in the case like up in Toronto where the gun was stolen, it could have helped to prevent the shooting, as well as in the case of Sandy Hook and Adam Lanza, who used his mother's guns. If those guns had had smart uh, technology um, and she hadn't wanted him to have access to those guns, then in those cases they could have prevented, been prevented. However, 
in most mass shootings, um, the guns are obtained legally. But let's, to me, that's not a good, you know, it's important to also know that in the U.S., two-thirds of all gun deaths are suicides, and about 3,000 of those are youth suicides. So kids who get their, you know, predominantly get their parents' gun and use it to commit suicide, as well as all the accidental shootings. So these technologies may not prevent all mass shootings or maybe only a fraction of them, but that's significant regardless, in addition to all the other types of gun deaths they could prevent. Margot, you're president of the Smart Tech uh, Changes Challenges Foundation, which funds gun safety technology projects. I understand that uh, some of the most promising smart gun technology is still in photo, uh, prototype form. Why is this? What are the obstacles? I think the biggest obstacle is uh, raising enough money to develop a smart gun. Um, it's an expensive endeavor. It would probably take tens of tens of millions of dollars. So it's not something like a gun lock or gun safe would probably take, actually would, since we have several of them in the market, you know, under $5 million to bring to market, whereas a personalized firearm might take, you know, 20, did I say million? I think I said thousands, I meant million, would take, um, you know, pushing 20 plus million to bring to market. So these innovators have to raise that kind of money, and that's that's challenging, but they are doing it, and um, we've got a handful of smart gun companies that are well underway in developing smart guns and in getting them to market in what I would say would be a two- to five-year window. Marco, I want to thank you for your time. Um, my pleasure. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. Cheers. We're going to move over to uh, Kai uh, Klepfer, he is founder and CEO of BioFire, and they're actually working on a smart gun technology. Uh, Kai, you just heard Margot talking about how expensive it is and hard to raise the funds to bring a smart gun to market. Is, is that true? Is that one of the obstacles that you have to overcome? Thanks for having me, Kelly. 100%. So this is definitely uh, a significantly more complicated business uh, in many aspects, but definitely in fundraising than sort of your traditional technology startup. And so uh, this is something personally that I have been working on for uh, approximately eight years. I actually got started with it as a science fair project uh, in high school after the Aurora theater shooting. Um, and a large portion of that time definitely has been really understanding what makes a, a viable and successful company in this space and, and you know, convincing investors of that. Um, so definitely that is a major challenge. So you decide uh, you'd like to see guns with smart technology. You're going to make this happen. Do you have to companion yourself with a, a gun company in order to get something like this going? Like, what are you working on right now? That's a good question. Uh, we look definitely at that option of sort of partnering with a firearms manufacturer here in the States uh, to develop this technology. We actually ended up deciding to, uh, here at BioFire, develop an entirely custom handgun uh, with the technology integrated into it from the very beginning. Um, the primary uh, concern that our customers raise, you know, we spend lots and lots of time talking to our customers, and the primary thing that we hear from them is reliability, reliability, right? This product needs to work, and it needs to function uh, every single time. And if we're going to start incorporating additional technology into it, it still needs to be just as reliable as a, a traditional mechanical firearm. We found that it was a challenge to do that with uh, sort of any sort of OEM partnerships or with a, 
uh, like some sort of device that would attach to a gun and turn it into a smart gun. So here at BioFire, we're actually developing a custom handgun from the ground up uh, designed to be incorporated with smart technology. Did you go? Did you have to steal people to uh, that have worked in the gun manufacturing sector in order to put together a gun, or are they fairly simple? It's a it's a good combination. I think you know it comes back to that reliability conversation. You know, definitely the existing incumbents in the space from a pure product perspective uh, have perfected sort of the art of precision manufacturing, and we definitely want to uh, borrow from that talent. Um, that being said, you know we all also bring in folks from other industries like aerospace, uh, you know, people that are designing electronics and software for satellites um, because they have the experience on how to build sort of ultra-reliable modern technology. All right. So you've got the, uh, the, the people in working on creating the technology and the actual firearm. How far away from market are you? We're probably, I would say, about a year and a half. Um, you know, this is something that we've been working on for quite a while, and I think we're pretty excited by our progress. But for the most part, I would say we're about a year and a half away from being able to start to offer this as an option in the consumer space. And as Margot said previously, you know, this is 100% something that we believe should be an option. You know, we're focusing on building a handgun uh, mostly for sort of a home defense use case, right? People that would be purchasing a handgun here in the States to defend themselves and their family at home. Um, And we, you know, are trying to serve that market very well, but this is not something that we would recommend for for hunting or for concealed carry. Um, And so, Making sure that it's offered as an option and that consumers can choose the technology they like, I think, is really important. BioFire uh, leads me to believe the name of your company leads me to believe that this is uh, your smart technology works on some sort of biometric. Can you tell us how your technology works? For sure. So we, if you pick our product up, uh, the middle finger of your sort of dominant hand uh, naturally rests on a fingerprint sensor that we've built into the side of the grip. Um, as soon as your hand touches that sensor... Uh, it recognizes your fingerprint, and if you're the owner or somebody that the owner has authorized to access the firearm, uh, then it, it immediately unlocks. And that entire process uh, takes less than half a second. Um, and so once the firearm is in your hand and unlocked, uh, you can use it in any way that uh, you feel is appropriate, um, but, and it will stay unlocked for as long as you hold it onto it. But the moment that you put it down, or even if it's actually taken forcibly out of your hand, uh, it immediately locks. And that's the key difference between a smart gun and something like a gun safe. Gun safes are very effective if you put the firearm in the gun safe and lock it and don't tell anybody the combination. What our technology does is really removes the human error of that process because it's locked within a fraction of a second uh, as soon as the owner or designated user is no longer holding on to it. You know, you can see various applications for this. If, a, a, as you say, a family owning this gun and, you know, they don't want their kids to be able to unlock the gun and, and use the gun in any way, shape or form. But mom and dad's exactly. fingerprints will activate the gun uh, if they have to protect themselves against a true intruder. But I could always also see this being used in law enforcement. You know, several times you walk by, uh, you know, I've thought about this when you walk by a cop, there's his gun in his holster. This could uh, also be used for in law enforcement, anybody that that the gun is not usable unless uh, you've got the fingerprint. You're spot on there, Kelly. Um, You know, law enforcement is sort of a major potential application for this technology. Um, In fact, uh, it depends on the year, but around 10 percent of of law enforcement deaths uh, from firearms every year in the United States are from firearms that have been taken away from those officers and used against them. It's called the officer takeaway. And those are situations where um, you know, definitely police departments across the country are, are looking to prevent that sort of situation, of course. So we definitely have looked at that market. Um, we are not starting there from a business perspective. Uh, it's a more complicated market. 
Uh, it also would likely not be a fingerprint sensor-based technology. Fingerprint sensors are something that we can get very reliable in sort of an indoor home environment, um, but they are, you know, not something that would be probably appropriate for use on the back of a motorcycle in a rainstorm, right? And so law enforcement just has different requirements. It might be a slightly different product, but the concept 100% still applies. Is a smart gun more expensive than a regular gun? Only slightly. Um, you know, we don't have final pricing numbers to release as we're still developing the product, of course, but we want to make sure this is affordable. And, and to do that, we, you know, this has to be something that we're sort of aiming for a price point comparable to a uh, sort of existing sort of similar firearm uh, plus the cost of a gun safe. Um, and we think we can make sure that this is something that for people that do want to adopt the technology that they have the financial means to. Okay, Kai, most handgun owners, at least in our audience, are sports shooters, and the big worry is that their guns will be taken away, used in a crime. Uh, can you guarantee that these, uh, you know, guns and smart technology is going to be hack-proof? We can guarantee that it will be hack-proof from the perspective of a sort of remote uh, sort of assailant sort of trying to hack the gun, because there's no communication or, you know, wireless communication of any kind. This is uh, in a lot of ways, much more similar to a toaster than it is to a smart gun. Um, there's no, sorry, to a smartphone. There is no sort of cellular radio. There's no Bluetooth. There's nothing that a, an attacker could use to get in. That being said, you know we are focusing predominantly on accidents and suicides in the home, um, as Margot was discussing previously. This is not uh, a technology that we think would stop uh, global arms trafficking, for example. So it likely would stop sort of maybe a petty criminal who has broken into somebody's car and taken a firearm because they won't have the technological means to overcome sort of any sort of technology. But, you know, this is not something that we would expect would stop a, you know, major sort of organized crime group just because there's, once you have physical access to a system, there's always a way to circumvent it. Kai, I want to thank you for your time. Really interesting stuff. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Have a great day. Kai Klepfer is founder and CEO of BioFire. They're working on a, uh, a smart gun. Should be to market in a year and a half. And it'll be available in the States.